Welcome to the Starkville State of Mind Podcast. Here is your host, Justin Strawn. Welcome to the Starkville State of Mind Podcast. I am your host, Justin Strawn. Glad to be back with you for the early week edition of the show. We should get two shows in this week. Last week was a little bit tricky when the coaching change was announced, when it was announced that Mississippi State was going to be changing their head coaches from Joe Moorhead to somebody else. I wanted to wait until that was confirmed before I actually did a show. I was thinking that that might happen on Thursday. It did not, so I ended up just not recording a show because I wanted that to be kind of settled before I actually began to expound upon it to any length or to any concern. So now that we know that, now that we're kind of looking at who we're going to have as the head coach, that's where we're going to be starting today's show. We'll also look back at Mississippi State's loss to the Auburn Tigers in men's basketball and look ahead to their game with the Alabama Crimson Tide on, I think, Tuesday when they play that game. So uh, we will do all of that and a little bit more on the show. But before we do anything else, though, I do want to tell you about our sponsor, Cherokee Valley Golf Course. If you're a golfer and you live in the McGregor Memphis area, you're probably just like me looking for the best opportunity for you to spend your golfing time wisely. Well, why not look and check out Cherokee Valley Golf Course? My son and I golf there almost every single time we go out, and it's a great course whether you're a skilled golfer looking for a challenge or if you're a beginner somewhat like me and just trying to learn how to play the game. My son and I have been playing there for years, and we would highly recommend it. They've done a great job of keeping the course maintained. It's a beautiful course. Lots of wonderful practice facilities. No reason that you shouldn't be out there honing your game. So if you're in the Olive Branch area or in the greater Memphis area, give Cherokee Valley Golf Course a look and go ahead and tell them I sent you. That's Cherokee Valley Golf Course. You can call them at 662-893-4444 or you can book a tee time online at olivebranchgolf.com. One quick reminder before we actually get into the show today, for those of you who are trying to convince other people to listen, or if you know other people who might want to listen but they don't like SoundCloud, or even if they do like SoundCloud, there are different ways in which you can get the podcast. You can go through the podcast app on your iPhone or iPad, whatever type of Apple device that you have. Even heck, it could even be a Mac computer. So that is one option available to you. If you are doing it that way, I would really appreciate it if you left us a five-star review. Give us a just drop us a comment. That helps us get the podcast out to more listeners, gets it out in front of more people, and I would truly appreciate it a lot if you could do that. Also, if you are on Spotify and you prefer to get your podcast through the Spotify app, that is there for you as well, as well as the Google Play app for those of you who are on Android devices. You can get the show through it. So there's all sorts of different ways in which you can listen to the show, not just here on the SoundCloud app, but however it is that you are listening, just know that I truly appreciate it. And I hope that I am fulfilling all of your bulldog podcasting needs. Now, let's go ahead and get into the show. And obviously, the thing that we are going to talk about is the pending coaching hire, whoever it is going to be, because at this point, it's very much up in the air. Let me just kind of go back, though, and talk a little bit about the Joe Moorhead era and just how why I think this is the right move, because I do think it is the right move. Look, I really think that Joe Moorhead will eventually get things together, and I really think he will figure out how to be a head coach. I think he is a good football coach. I think he has, a, he has proven himself as a coordinator, as an offensive coordinator, but he didn't seem to be prepared to take on a head coaching job 
in the SEC. That seemed to be too big of a task for him. Look, it was more than wins and losses. One of the, I went on this. Uh, I kind of spelled this out on Twitter on Saturday morning. You know, there's a lot of people who, when they heard this, their response was, they're Mississippi State. They won 14 games in two years. Mississippi State shouldn't expect more than seven games, seven wins a year from their coach. They've lost their minds. I, I saw a lot of that, and I kind of ignored it for the most part. But here's the reason why this was the right move, and this is the reason why John Cohen needed to make this move. This wasn't about just wins and losses. Look, eight wins for a first-year head coach of Mississippi State is normally a pretty good thing. Uh, you'd have be hard pressed to find many people who did better than that. And I don't, uh, Jackie Sherrill had a good year, first year, his uh, first year as the Mississippi State head coach, but I don't think he won eight. I think he won seven. You don't see that very often. But here's the problem, and this was the problem from day one all the way up until the very last game of the year. Joe Moorhead was brought in because of his reputation as an offensive genius, as a guy who understood and had this innovative offensive game plan that would revolutionize the SEC and take the SEC by storm and make Mississippi State into an offensive juggernaut. We knew it was supposed to take a little bit of time, that there would be some adjustments, and that never materialized. It just didn't. So it goes beyond just wins and losses. The reason Mississippi State was able to win eight games in 2018 was because of the fact that they had the best defense in the country and they had three first-round picks on that defense. That defense was completely loaded with talent, and they drugged the offense kicking and screaming to eight wins because all Mississippi State had to do in 2018 to get to 10 wins, two more wins, was score at least 21 points in every game they played. If they'd only scored 21 in every game they played, they still would have lost Florida, they still would have lost Alabama, and they still would have lost Iowa. But 10-3 and three is a lot better than 8-5. and 10-3 would have been right on par with most people's expectations in 2018. You still probably would be a little bit disappointed in the fact that the offense wasn't showing anything, but at least you could have some wins to show for it. And most importantly, you'd have that win over Florida, which really hurt Joe Moorhead's standing with a lot of fans. When Joe Moorhead lost to Dan Mullen in what is going to likely be the only time that Mississippi State gets a chance to beat him in Starkville, because the way the schedule is set up, it does not appear that Mississippi State is going to play Florida and Starkville for like 15 more years. I don't know if that's exa- – I think I'm exaggerating, but I'm not 100% certain about that. That's just the way the schedule sets up. I mean, and – the way that the coaching carousel works, I don't foresee Dan Mullen being the coach of the Florida Gators by the time that Mississippi State plays them in Starkville in the 2030s or whenever it is that he that they end up playing him. So you lose your one chance to beat him in Starkville. You might be able to beat him in, Star- in Florida when you play them again, I think, in like five years, but you lost that one opportunity earlier. Then you have all the problems in terms of just on-field discipline. The, the penalties at times in 2018 and again in 2019 were just absolutely hard to imagine that we were watching that. There were times when Mississippi State just could not get out of their own way when it came to penalties. It was worse in 2018, but it wasn't much better in 2019. There were still a lot of just just drive-killing penalties that occurred. And lots of times they were on, like, on first down. Like, how, how many times this year 
did we see Mississippi State on the very first drive, the very first play, they come out, they get a delay of game, or they come out and they get a false start, and they start pushing themselves backwards on the very first drive of the game, which shows that they're not prepared. And that's the that's completely on the coaching staff, and it's completely on Joe Moorhead. And talking about being unprepared, you have the fact that he is 0-5 in games where he was coming off of a bye week or an extended time of preparation for a bowl game. He lost to LSU in Baton Rouge last year. And you can kind of excuse that. It's in Baton Rouge. It's in it's LSU. It's a team that Mississippi State has never really played that well against. So that includes that. But then it includes that also includes Iowa in the bowl game last year. A team that most people really truly believed that Mississippi State was better than, that Mississippi State had more talent than. They were a they were a nearly a touchdown favorite going into the Outback Bowl against Iowa. This year, it also includes uh, this year the Tennessee game, a Tennessee team that was one in four, that had no reason to believe that it should win. And what Mississippi State ends up doing is they come out, they play one of their worst games that I have seen them play, and they basically rejuvenate the Tennessee season and allow them to use that as a jumping point to get themselves to an eight-win season. And there's no excuse for it. Tennessee was not a very good defensive team throughout most of the year, and they put the absolute clamps on Mississippi State and its offense. And a part of that goes back to the stubbornness with Tommy Stevens and Garrett Schrader, the fact that he left Tommy Stevens out for the entire first half when he was being very ineffective and it was very obvious that he was not healthy. Those are all the problems that you have. And then it gets, then you get past all that. He pretty much saves his job of winning the Egg Bowl on a very fluke circumstance, remind, let me remind you. But then the fight in the practice or post-practice happens, and Garrett Schrader ends up breaking his orbital bone. And then you just have just one more inept offensive performance. Yeah, they did eventually score 24 points in the game, or 28 points. I think it was 28 points. But... Most of it came in garbage time, and the fact that you went from like halfway through the second quarter till almost the entire, I think right up until the very end of the third quarter, without even getting a first down, these are the problems that got him fired. And the fact that some people think don't understand that, it's because they're looking on the outside in. And you, you're going, you're going to make this change in 2019 at the end of the 2020 season. You might as well make it in 2019. So, now Mississippi State is looking for a head coach. And one of the problems they are facing with this head coach is the fact that this should have been done after the Egg Bowl, and now they're having to scramble a little bit. Because the head coaching search right now, I'm not going to say it's off the rails, but it's, it's, I, I don't know that there is a true vision that John Cohen has in mind because I don't think he was planning on having to do this. I don't think he wanted he didn't want to do this. I mean, let's just go ahead and say that right now. He didn't want to do this. The reason he didn't do it at the end of the season after the Egg Bowl is because he didn't want to do it, period. And now he's having to do something that he really truly didn't want to, but there was, he, he was left with no choice, especially after that fight with, with the bowl, showing in the bowl game. There was There's no way you can keep a coach in that position with as much backlash as he was going to face. There just isn't. And now Cohen is having to scramble because he wasn't prepared for this. One of the reasons why the head coaching search went so quickly in 2017, the reason we went from Dan Mullen to Joe Moorhead very quickly, was because 
John Cohen knew he was going to have to replace Dan Mullen. So he was able to start getting things together. Now, why do we know this? Because, because of the things that John Cohen has said. John Cohen said in the Times in interviews after he hired Joe Moorhead that you know he had approached Dan Mullen on numerous occasions throughout the 2017 season about getting an extension done. And Dan Mullen, on almost every on almost every occasion that he was approached, said, you know, uh, we'll talk about that later. We'll look at that at some other time. And a few weeks before the season was over, Dan Mullen came out to John Cohen and said, I am going to pursue other jobs this offseason. Gave him a heads up. And that was a lot, those two things combined allowed John Cohen to get his ducks in a row to figure out what direction he wanted to go in when he hired a new coach. And that's one of the reasons why we were – we hired Joe Moorhead as quickly as we did because there, John Cohen had time to prepare. He hasn't been preparing for this. Maybe he started kind of getting things together right after the fight happened and it was determined that that Garrett Schrader wasn't going to be able to play. I don't know. But right now, there doesn't seem to be a true vision in terms of what Mississippi State is going to, wants to hire. Now, I say all of this, and by the time you're listening to this on Monday or how, whatever time it is that you end up listening, Mississippi State could end up hiring a coach, and I could be totally wrong about that. But what we're seeing from this, it does not appear that they have the, a true direction in which they want to go. Now, if they can get Billy Napier, then I think that's what everybody involved wants. I think it's what John Cohen wants. I think it's what everyone in the Mississippi State fan base wants. There's going to be some people who say, you know, he, he doesn't impress me. I, I don't think that's really the direction that Mississippi State needs to go. But for the most part, that's the guy that Mississippi State fans had on their radar, and it seemed to be the guy that John Cohen had on his radar. Now, he has said, he had came out and said on Sunday that he is not a candidate for the Mississippi State coaching job. That is one thing that he came out and firmly said. And if you talk to some Mississippi State people, they will tell you that he is still a candidate. Uh, one of the things that I read somewhere is that nothing has changed in regards to standing. Uh, this comes from Steve Robertson. He says, I've spoken with two sources close to Billy Napier this afternoon who share that nothing has changed in regards to his standing in the Mississippi State coaching search. He remains a candidate of interest. So either you're going to believe Steve or you're going to believe Billy Napier. So who do you believe in that regard? Look, here's the thing about Billy Napier. Not, people need to understand this. Billy Napier is not going to come to Mississippi State as long as he believes that he might have a chance to land the Baylor job. The Baylor job is the one that he wants. The Baylor job, they could pay him more. Baylor is a private institution. They could pay him a lot more money. And they are set up to win bigger now. Billy Napier went into the UL Lafayette program with a decently established program by Mark Hudspeth, who also is a guy that many people are talking about as a coach for the Bulldogs. But he went into that program that was relative, built relatively well, and he has taken it to another level. Most people seem to think that are connected to Billy Napier, that he wants to do a similar situation. He wants to do something similar at Baylor. Most people think that Matt Rule is going to be given a head coaching job in the NFL, whether it's the Giants, the Browns, maybe the Cowboys, now that they have officially filed, fired Jason Garrett. A lot of people think that maybe, just maybe, that Matt Rule is going to be one of those coaches. He seems to be highly favored by a lot of NFL programs, 
And some people think that he is going to get one of those jobs. And if he does, that is the job that Billy Napier wants. And honestly, he would probably get it. He's going to be the most qualified, the most well-known candidate out there to get the job. And since that's the job he wants, he's not going to do anything with Mississippi State until that is settled one way or another. He's got to be given assurances that the Baylor job is not going to come open. And unless he gets those assurances, he's not coming to Mississippi State. That's one of the reasons why I think he said what he said on Sunday, saying that I am not a candidate at Mississippi State. And I think that is true for right now, because like I said, he believes that he's going to have a chance at the Baylor job. Now, if the Baylor job never comes open, I think he would like to be a candidate at Mississippi State. But right now, that job is it's there's it's not a it's not a hundred percent definitive one way or the other and so therefore if John Cohen truly wants to hire Billy Napier it appears that he is going to have to wait now like I said you may hear this and that that may all end up being proven wrong but as of right now he is saying he is not a candidate and he say came out and said it pretty definitively look we've heard coaches say things pretty definitively in the past we experienced this with Dan Mullen and they not turn out to be true. But it's hard to keep waiting on a guy that you don't know actually wants to be the coach. How long can you wait on somebody? Because I don't know that you can wait forever. Because people that you could interview and people, other people that you could hire if it ends up not working out with the one guy that you're you know, kind of waiting on, hoping that he will come and say yes to you, they may be gone. They may, not, they may lose interest. So you can wait, but how long you wait is not always that easy to figure out. We'll probably get some more definitive answers about this after the bowl game that Louisiana Lafayette is playing in on Monday. That's when they play their bowl game. Look, I, I, I tend to believe that he is out. That right now, as of right now at this minute, I don't believe he truly has interest in being the Mississippi State head coach. Like I said, simply because he has his sights set somewhere else. So that's my thinking as of this right now. But things change all the time in the, in the coaching world. So if it's not going to be Billy Napier, who is it going to be? Well, some of the people that we're hearing, we're hearing Joe Judge. Joe Judge, if you don't know him, he is the special teams coordinator and wide receivers coach for the New England Patriots. He is going to be interviewed on Monday for the New York Giants head coaching position. And I think he's also going to be interviewed for the Cleveland Browns coaching head coaching position. It's a pretty big jump to go from special teams coordinator and wide receivers coach to head coach. It wouldn't be the first time that's happened, but it still would be a significant jump one way or the other. He has, he's been with New England Patriots for a number of years. I think he has been on the on Bill Belichick staff ever since for five of the six national uh, sorry Super Bowl championships that Bill Belichick has won he served on Alabama's staff as well so he's been around programs that win and I'll be honest if it's not going to be Billy Napier he's of the candidates we have heard he's the guy that I want now, he is a risk. He has no head coaching experience. He has no coordinating experience. So he would be a risk. But from everything that we have read, everything that we've heard about Joe Judge, he is a guy that is going to be a star in the coaching process. He reminds me, from an on-field perspective only, kind of like, kind of what Andy Canizzaro, Andy Canizzaro reminded me of when he was hired as the baseball coach. A guy who 
if you feel he is going to be a star coach eventually, why not just go ahead and give him the job now? Now, obviously, with Andy Canizero, the problem you had off the field, that was his undoing. But, look, what he did on the field, there's no mistaking what he did on the field. He was a good coach on the field. He took a, a, that 2017 baseball team that should have done nothing, that with all the arm injuries they experienced, they should have been towards the bottom of the SEC, and they ended up making it to a Super Regional. So, I mean, from a coaching perspective, Andy Canizero was a good hire. I mean, everything he did worked really, really well as a head coach. It was just the on-field the off-field stuff that ended up being his undoing. Like I said, from an on-field perspective and from a coaching perspective, I think that you're you're going to see a lot of similarities between him and, and Joe Judge. I think honestly believe that is very much the case. And it's one of the reasons why, like I said, I want him to be the next coach if it's not going to be Napier. Now, like I said, he has risks. But he is a Mississippi State grad. His wife is was a Mississippi State soccer player. He played on Mississippi State's team. I think he was a special team. He was a, he was like a third or fourth string quarterback or something like that. Uh, he held the snaps. I think for I think he was the uh, holder for the field goals attempts. I do believe, but all these I don't remember to be perfectly honest with you. But he he's a guy that if you can get him, if you don't get him. And he goes off to have a great career. It's one of those things that you will always haunt you for the rest of your life. And that's one of the reasons why I want him to go ahead and get him. Because I don't know that you're going to get a Grand Slam hire on this thing. I just don't. And if you're not going to get the Grand Slam hire, then I want the guy who I believe has the most upside, and that's Joe Judge. Now, he probably also has the most downside, simply because of the fact that he doesn't have the coaching experience that I talked about. He's 37 years old. He's a young guy. But like I said, I think you have to shoot for the stars. And here's the thing I, I, I kind of believe. I don't believe that he's going to get it just because I don't know that, that John Cohen, who is coming off of a coaching hire that is been very – that turned out as poorly as it could, that you end up having to fire the guy after two seasons – I think he's going to try to make a safe hire. I don't think he's going to make, try to make a hire that shoots for the stars. And therefore, it turns to people like Todd Grantham, uh, Mark Hudsbeth, uh some of these people. Uh, there have some other, been some other people mentioned. Uh, let me see if I can find some of those people real quick and uh, I can go over it. Uh, let's see, let's see. Uh, Troy Calhoun, who is the head coach at... Um, who's the head coach at Air Force Academy. Like I said, these are all safe hires, and so that kind of makes me think that that's going to be the direction that Mississippi State heads in with this coaching search. Look, Todd Grantham could end up... Skip Holtz has been mentioned as well. I think it's going to end up being one of those guys. One of those guys that you, you know, you kind of know what you're getting. And at this point, you know, I don't know really what you consider success. I don't know what you consider a good result if you make a hire. What is Mississippi State's expectation is going to be in 2020? I don't know. I don't know that anybody anybody really truly knows that. I mean, the defense should be really good. I don't. I mean, there's no questioning how good the defense is going to be. That defense is not going to be as good as it was in 2018, but that could be a top 15 defense again. 
They really could. But what's the offense going to be? What other playmakers do you have on offense besides Garrett Schrader? And you don't have much of anything. Now, one thing that could help you is if Kylan Hill ends up deciding to stick around for one more year. He put out a tweet today saying that his family and he have come to a final decision. Still haven't heard what that decision is yet, so if he comes back for another year, then you're in much better shape offensively and you have much greater prospects. But, like I said, I don't know what the expectations are for whatever new coach you get. Right now, if you had to, if I had to guess who I think John Cohen's going to hire, I think it's going to either be Todd Grantham, and he's going to hope and trust him that he will be able to find a really good offensive coordinator. Or he is going to go with Mark Hudspeth, but even though Joel Coleman was reporting today that he sent out a message to his to the rest of his staff to prepare to be at Austin P next year. Don't know if that means that he's not wanting to do the job or if he's not wanting to interview or if he's not even being considered a candidate, even though I'm starting to hear that more and more. So I don't know. I mean, maybe it is going to be Skip Holtz. Maybe he is one of the guys that is going to be out there. Like I said, I, I don't know that Mississippi State or John Cohen, more specifically, is going to take the risk to hire a guy like Joe Judge. And one of the reasons also why I like Joe Judge, I didn't say this earlier, was because I would like to get back to a CEO-type head coach where you have a guy who isn't in complete the head coach isn't in complete control of the offense the head coach isn't in complete control of the defense he has guys that he delegates that to and if there's a problem with a certain aspect of the team then you can make a change there and try to fix it that way instead of having to make a wholesale change at the head coaching position like the biggest problem that Mississippi State had this year these past two years was the offense the offense was anemic well, it's, you can't really bring in an offensive coordinator because your coordinator is the head coach. And you can say, you know, you could just say John Cohen should tell him, should have told Joe Moorhead he needs to give up the play calling, give up the offensive play calling, and let somebody else do it. But that's the reason you brought him in in the first place was to run his offense and to run what he was supposed to do on offense. It, it wouldn't have worked trying to get somebody else to come in and do something different, it just wouldn't have. So that's one reason, I, like I said, that I like Joe Judge because he's going to have to bring in two separate coordinators who will run their systems, the defensive coordinator, an offensive coordinator, and they're going to have to do what they're supposed to do. And he will, and Joe Judge, if there's, a, if there's a problem with the offense, then you can go get another coordinator and try running something else. If there's a problem with the defense, you go get another coordinator, you try running something else. And you don't necessarily have to make a change at the head coaching position. You can try to implement some changes that way. Now, and obviously, if you continue to have problems on the offense or defense and it becomes a recurring problem, then you made a problem and you got a, a hire that needs to be changed out completely. But that's another reason why I would kind of like to see Joe Judge. But right now, I don't know. I mean, there are still people out there who truly believe that Billy Napier is going to be our coach, even though there have been multiple reports saying that he is either not a candidate or he has no interest in being a candidate or anything like that. So I don't know. I just don't know what to expect at this point. And it's probably not going to be resolved. I mean, I said this a couple times that you could be listening to this on Monday and we end up hearing about who Mississippi State has hired as a coach. I just don't think that's going to be the case. 
I think it's going to take a little bit longer. I think it will be before the week is over. I will say that. And because of that, I'm not going to record the late week edition until Thursday at the latest. Uh, just because I would like to have a little bit more. I really think we will know who our head coach is by that point. I think by come Thursday afternoon, I think we will have a coach announced. Or it will have at least been reported as whoever is the new head coach. So I would kind of so I'm going to hold off to record until that gets nailed down. But I don't think it's going to be Monday or Tuesday. I think we're probably going to be looking at Wednesday or Thursday, maybe as late as Friday, uh, before we actually find out who the head coach is, next head coach is going to be. And then until that time, we're just going to have to kind of sit around and wait. And that's the hardest part. Let me go ahead and say this though: whoever Mr. State hires, unless it is Billy Napier, it is not going to be a huge splash. It is going to be a hire that will not necessarily inspire tons of confidence throughout the entire fan base. There are going to be people who question the hires. I had a lot of people when I put it out on Twitter that Joe Judge was the guy who I wanted to see hired who were like, no, I don't want him. He hasn't been a head coach. He hasn't been a coordinator. I don't want him. There's, But that's going to kind of be the case with all of these guys that we're hearing. The only guy who might not get that treatment might be Skip Holtz, maybe, but I'm not 100% positive about that. But like I said, anybody who gets hired at this point, you're going to have a lot of the fan base who has questions about it. There are going to be a lot of questions from the fan base about this doesn't this seems risky. This seems this doesn't seem like the right move that needs to be made. And just understand this: hires that look good on paper do not always work out. And that's probably not even the best way of saying it. But you have to find a guy who will give you the on-field results that you want. And it may not be the splashiest hires in the world, but you've got to make, you've got to be confident that you've hired a guy that can meet the things that you need this program to meet. And one of the biggest things that Mississippi State needs right now is they need to get back to what has always worked for Mississippi State whenever the football team has been good. They've got to get back to a physical brand of football. They've got to get back to a brand of football where the defense dominates and punches you in the mouth and the offensive line gets after you and even if they don't end up winning the game you feel it for another week or two after you played them that's the thing that Mr. needs to get back to getting back to a disciplined approach of football you got to get back to those things those are the things that are what Mississippi State was built on, and it wasn't what Joe Moorhead was trying to build on. He was trying to completely change the culture, and the culture didn't need changing. So, who's it going to be? Like I said, I, I kind of think it's going to be a Grantham or a Skip Holtz, maybe a maybe a Steve Sarkeesian, possibly. And look, if it's Steve Sarkeesian, a lot of people recoil at that, and I get it. But he was a good coach until we found out that he just could not stay sober. I mean, he rebuilt the Washington program from nothing. The reason that Washington is having success nowadays is because Steve Sarkeesian rebuilt that thing from absolutely positively nothing at all. There was nothing there. So, like I, said, I don't know. And here's the other thing that you have to kind of be mindful for. Think back to the baseball coaching search that happened after the 2018 season. There are all these names flying around. We heard about all these potential candidates. And when it was finally announced, they announced some guy named Chris Lamonis, who every single one of us had to go and Google to find out who he was. 
and I, I wonder if that's going to end up being the case with this football hire that we, we're hearing all these names and John Cullen ends up hiring some guy that none of us even saw coming because none of us saw that coming. And we all questioned it. We all had our doubts about it. And it's turned out pretty well. Now, it's only been one year. But if you're looking for some optimism, then that's where you have. You can look back on the baseball coaching search. Now, the only issue with that and the only issue I might have with that, John Cohen was a baseball coach. He knows the baseball coaching world. I think he knows the football coaching world as well. But I, 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 I firmly believe he does not know it nearly as well as he does the baseball part. So... All right, let me. This show is getting a little bit long, so I need, just need to start wrapping it up. I do want to talk about uh, the basketball team. They did lose to Auburn, eighty to sixty-eight, on Saturday. They actually played pretty well at times, in terms of defensively. Anyway, there were times when they looked like they were going to actually have a chance to end up upsetting Auburn, but they end up losing it in the long run, uh, eighty to sixty-eight. Look, Auburn's a really good team. They're undefeated. They, they're probably the best team in the SEC. They have a really good chance of winning the SEC this year. But it's disappointing. I mean, at some point, you want to get a really big win. You want to get a win that people will just get excited about, and that would have been one of those games. It, it would have, but it was not meant to be. They just couldn't hit shots. Uh, they just could not hit shots. Let me pull up the stats real quick just to give you an idea of what I'm talking about. Uh, Mississippi State went, they went 23 of 68, which is basically... 33%. It's a little bit a little bit more than 33%. 3 of 13 from three-point range. Uh, for a total of, let's see, 23.1%. Uh, they actually hit their free throws pretty well, 19 of 23. So that, that's good, and that's encouraging. Uh, Abdullah Duke played well defensively. He had nine blocks in the game. He almost had double-digit blocks. Uh, he was one of the reasons why Mississippi State was playing so well defensively. But the problem that Mississippi State has, they just could not hit shots. Uh, Tyson Carter was 1 of 11 from the field. That's that's not gonna that's not gonna win a whole lot of games. Uh, another problem they had was the turnovers. Nick Weatherspoon, who I sat here and really believe that once they got him back, these turnover issues would have been resolved with his arrival. He turned the ball over six times, three times in the first like five minutes of the game. Uh, now he ended up scoring 18 points, he, but it took six of 18 shots. You don't want to take 18 shots to get 18 points. That's just not going to work. Reggie Perry had a pretty solid game. Uh, he went for 21 and 12. Uh, his shooting percentage, though, it was it was low, eight of 19. Now that's not terrible. It's a little bit better than 40%, but when you're a big man that plays most of your time down low, you want to be closer to 50% mark. And Mississippi State just couldn't hit shots. That's just what it all boils down to. They they put up shots, they just wouldn't give them the ball. They rebounded well. They out-rebounded Auburn by two points. Uh, but they couldn't stop Javon McCormick, who ended up going for 28 points. Uh, he was 9-17 from the field. They did a pretty good job of keeping uh, Auburn from going off from the three-point range, which is one of the things that, Auburn does really well. They were 5-22 on the day, which was 22.7%. But when they get down to it, Auburn started making shots when it counted, and Mississippi State didn't. And then Mississippi State, like I said, with the turnover thing, they got it sloppy with the basketball on a few occasions, and just it was just a poorly executed game. And put them in a spot where they really need to go out and win on Saturday, on Tuesday, I think it is. I think it's Tuesday that they play. No, Wednesday. They play Wednesday at 6 o'clock against the Alabama Crimson Tide. So they've got to win that game. It's in Tuscaloosa. Look, Alabama's not really that good. Well, at least their record says they're not that good. They are 7-6. Interesting thing about Alabama, though, is 
their losses, they've only got one double-digit loss on the year. Uh, their first loss was an 81-80 loss to Penn. Their second loss was, I'm sorry, they have two double-digit losses, 93-79 uh, to Rhode Island. Uh, they've lost 76 to 67 to North Carolina. That's only a nine-point loss. They lost 104 to 89 against uh, Iowa State. Uh, they lost 73 to 71 to Penn State. Uh, they lost 104 to 98 to Florida. But so, like I said, there's not a ton of blowouts. But this is a team that you need to beat. Uh, the main guys you got to take the guys you got to watch for are kind of the same guys we've seen the last couple of years for Alabama. They do have a new coach. Uh, his name is John Oates. I think, no, Nate Oates, excuse me. Nate Oates, he was the coach at Buffalo last year. He replaced Avery Cunningham, who was fired at the end of the season. But it's a lot of the same guys that we've heard of the last couple of years. John Petty Jr., uh, 16.6 points per game. Kyra Lewis Jr., also 16.6 per ga- points per game. Uh, Alabama, they're, they're an okay team. They're just very mediocre. Uh, they shoot 44% from the field. They give up 42%. They shoot 37% from three-point range. So that's pretty good. That's a pretty good percentage. Uh, they're led by John Petty Jr., and they're led by uh, James Bolden in terms of percentage. But they got a couple of other guys who hit him a little bit more often than James Bolden. But John Petty Jr., he's the guy that you got to watch for out on the perimeter as well. And he also gets a lot of rebounds. He's just a really solid player. Uh, you just need to find a way to kind of slow him down. If you can slow him down, then you've probably got a pretty good chance of winning. If you can't, then you're probably going to lose. And that's what it really just boils down to. So we'll see if State can get back on track because when you look at the schedule, they've got to go to LSU the following week, which – LSU is not what they were last year. There's there's no question about that. But you'd rather you'd like to get back on uh, winning track this weekend. I'm sorry, during the middle of the week, and hopefully ride a little bit of a wave of momentum because you got Missouri, who you could beat. Then you got Georgia. Georgia is very going to be a very up and down team this year because they've got a the number one prospect in the nation from last year on their team who could end up being a lottery pick this year, and they just end up scoring him. At, upset over number nine Memphis, but it'll be an interesting, it's going to be an interesting couple of games. If Mississippi State can find a way to get out of these first five games, three and two, you're probably okay. We're really going into that six game against Arkansas. You really, if you can find a way to be four and two, you're in probably pretty good shape at that point. Three and three, you're not terrible, but you're pushing it. You need to win more than two though. You got to find a way to get more than and be better than two and four before you go and take on the Big 12 SEC Challenge on January 25th. So, all right, guys, I'm going to go ahead and wrap up the show there. Appreciate you guys tuning in. Uh, hopefully, like I said, I'm, whenever we get a new coach, like I said, I think it's going to be this week. But if it hasn't happened by Thursday night, I'll go ahead and record on Thursday. But uh, that's I'm, I'm going to hold off on recording regardless until then. So, Uh, Hopefully, we will know a coach for the next time that we talk. And until that time, hail state.